Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Denise Brousseau. Denise is the founder and CEO of Thought Leadership Lab, where she works with executives and entrepreneurs who want to build visibility, credibility, and thought leadership to enhance their professional success. Her clients have included leaders from Apple, Genentech, and Morgan Stanley, as well as startup CEOs, partners in professional service firms, and nonprofit executives. She's the author of Ready to Be a Thought Leader, which was just published by Wiley Jossie Bass. She speaks to corporations, associations, and groups nationwide, and has been a frequent guest blogger for sites like Inc.com and Salesforce.com. And in 2012, she was honored by the White House as a champion of change. Welcome, Denise. Thank you, Linda. Happy to be here. Great. So first of all, we're ta- you're talking about thought leaders, and we hear a lot of, of talk about thought leaders now. So tell us what exactly do you mean by the term thought leader, and how is that different from being an expert or a go-to person? Great question to start with because I had no idea how controversial that term was when I started writing this book. You know, it's it's certainly a lot of folks who dismiss the term, but I'm trying to recapture it. And, you know, this is not anyone with a Twitter feed. These are people who really can sort of move and inspire other people with innovative ideas, people who then – I really believe that the best thought leaders are the ones who can then turn those ideas into reality. So not just telling you what to do, but actually creating projects, programs, initiatives, uh, and turning things into something, making something happen, and then creating a community of friends, fans, and followers to follow and exemplify those ideas. And I guess to me the difference between an expert and a thought leader, and this may sound a little sassy, but I sort of think about experts as people who really want you to know how smart they are, but thought leaders are all about making us smarter. So it's this idea of really as a thought leader being able to share your ideas and and help demystify whatever you are an expert about, that allows you that, that moniker of thought leader because you're helping other people to get knowledge and expertise and 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 learn what you've done and hopefully hopefully following in your footsteps that's great i love the friends fans and followers because you can't be you can't be a thought leader if you're out there all by yourself you've got yes, there is that sort of core piece isn't there <laughs> without followers you're not much of a thought leader exactly so can you share a few examples of who you would consider to be really um not necessarily well-known, but but just outstanding examples of thought leaders. Well, what's fun about writing this book is that I discovered thought leaders in three different types of roles. So there's thought leaders at a community. So here's a great example. A guy in in south-central L.A., he calls himself the gangsta gardener, and he started a, a real movement around growing gardens in a part of L.A. where no, nothing exists, no grocery stores, no healthy food, no organic anything, and he planted a garden in his front yard and immediately got a notice from the city, tear it out. And instead of tearing it out, he started a petition, and he started really a movement to take back some of the abandoned lots in South Central and turn them into gardens and now just really created a national movement around this. And so he's somebody in the community. So here's somebody that's not a full-time job, but sort of on the side, he's created some change around food. Then we have uh, someone in the Midwest here, some woman named Nina Nashev, who's a CEO of an accelerator program, where she's 
got a big idea about how do we change healthcare in this country by bringing startups and big companies together and, and really incubating collaborative communities between those two uh, com- completely different ways of thinking so that we can increase the, the innovation in healthcare. So she's got a Three programs now, going to seven. She's got a book in the works. She's really out speaking and really broadly about this idea and how do you do it and how could that change healthcare. And then that's so that's somebody sort of a CEO type person. Then you have the third is a woman that is in within a company. So here's uh, her name is Vontone Quinlevin. Started in a HR role, working inside a company, creating diversity initiatives for bringing in diverse candidates for the first time into a, a very all-white male company, a utility company, and that initiative then she scaled across her industry and then got testifying in front of the U.S. Senate on the importance of this this initiative and in green jobs and so on, and then recognized by the White House, headhunted by the governor. So I think of it as being those are the types of people who do it from within a company. So I, I really like this idea of realizing that thought leaders are all around us and they are people who are making change happen. That's great. And what I love about those is those are three names that I'd never heard of before. They're not the ones that, that typically come off the top of our head, and yet they're within their specific areas, they're definitely thought leaders. So Absolutely. tell me, why would somebody want to be a thought leader? I, mean, I guess there's some kind of cachet to it, but why would <laughs> we as individuals want to be thought leaders? And certainly some people do want the cachet, but it does take some work. So you have to have a bigger reason. Uh, most people, it's because they want to create of a bigger, a different future. So in my own past of thought leadership, it was around women's entrepreneurship. And looking at a statistic that said less than 1% of venture capital funding going to women, I wanted that to be 50%. And I joined the whole community of people who were working to make that happen and willing to do all that it took to put myself front and center because of that change that I wanted. And I find that a lot with thought leaders, that we want something different in the world. We want to bring about change. Others, it's absolutely a career strategy because I think of it as the very best career insurance around. If you have a, if you're a well-respected, well-known thought leader in your niche, it doesn't have to be a hugely broad, but that's going to get you the next job and the next opportunity. So I think of that is another role. And then I think the third is really about leaving a legacy, that there is a sense that we don't live forever and we want to have something behind us that we've left behind as, a, as something we can call our own and hopefully a community of people who are picking up our ideas and carrying them forward. That's great. That's great. And all of those sounds like, sound like worthwhile things. So tell me about your process for becoming a thought leader and how might it apply to our audience, which is marketing professionals listening to this. Uh, I'm a marketing person myself. I'm so happy to be talking to your audience. I started my career in marketing for spent many years, leading marketing teams, tripping product out the door. And so I love, I love thinking about it from that perspective. But to me, this, this begins with knowing what niche you're playing in. So I'll use an example of one of the guys I actually interviewed for the book. His name is Avinash Kaushik. He was an intuit. He was actually in charge of a team of one, and he was working in search engine optimization. So that's a piece of the marketing conversation, although certainly marketing has many, many pieces to it now. But you know, he was working on their website and search engine optimization for their website, and he went out and spoke a little bit about the challenges of implementing some of the things that he needed to implement. And these two guys came up and approached him and said, hey, you, know, you should write a blog. And he spent a couple of weeks thinking about what is that, 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 
process look like? How could I start to impact? And he began this blog, which is now a global phenomenon. It's called Occam's Razor. So it begins with knowing where your niche is. You know, he's, he was really stuck to his niche for a long time with his search engine optimization. How can I demystify this? As he calls it, uncomplexify it. So I'm always saying to people, find that initial niche. Find where you have some expertise, some credentials, some why to buy. Why should people listen to you? Then, you know, figuring out what are some ways in which you can bring people along in your ideas. So you might speak, you might write, you might uh, just actually go out and start talking with people one-on-one. But this is the idea of thinking, what, if there's a future that I want, what is my role in bringing that about? What, how am I going to start a new initiative? Am I going to start a company, a service, a product? Am I going to just change the way my company is doing something? Uh, over time, it's about building advocates for your ideas and building a, a more momentum around your ideas. And these are all the steps in the process. The, the, the next step is really about how do you codify what you've done so others can pick it up and carry it forward. But so much about making change happen and making change effective is that you've given a roadmap, you've given the, the franchise manual for others. So thinking as a, as a marketing executive, what is it you're doing well that others across your company should be doing or others across your industry should be doing that you've been more effective at or you've done a little bit more unique, a, a unique approach to packaging or a unique approach to how you did content marketing, whatever it might be. And then there's a chapter in the book really about how do you get that word out. So I call it Put Yourself on Shout. And, and this is really all about the, you know, the social media piece, but it's also what if you want to convene people in your network. That's another role as a thought leader. And what about all the ways in which you can speak or write, get a book, all of those pieces. And then the last chapter is really about building a, a community and building a, a movement, as it were. And the chapter I skipped is the chapter in the middle, which is chapter four, and that is really what I call put your eye, as in the letter I, on the line. Because as a thought leader, what we realize is so much of it is about being willing to step into the spotlight. So much of it is being willing to say, I will do something. I will take a leadership role. I will move something forward, a new way of doing things. I will be a change agent. And often that's what stops people. They say, I don't have time. I can't do this. My company has ever taken any of my suggestions, whatever. There's a lot of reasons we hold ourselves back. And, uh, and some of them are internal. I call it in the book the itty-bitty shitty committee that comes up in our head. And really, you know, keeps us from making those change. People say, don't do it, and we stop. So the book is really both a how-to, but also how to overcome whatever might hold you back. That's great. So start with where, you, where you're playing, how do you bring people in, codify what you've done, get the word out, etc. I want to go back to stepping into the spotlight. What if someone doesn't want to change the world? Can you use thought leadership as a way to develop a brand or build your business without really being in that spotlight and, and wanting to create a whole uh, community or, or create, create a whole movement? What I think is important to realize is that no matter what you're doing and no matter where you're playing, you're in a larger ecosystem. So if you put your head up, much of the time you're playing as part of a broader community. So let's say you're doing something in software and you raise your head up and realize there's a whole community pushing a new way of doing software, let's say cloud computing forward. You don't actually have to be the one who came up with the idea of cloud computing, but maybe your company is doing a piece of that puzzle and you want to just instead use your your voice, your blog, your your community connections, whatever, to move something forward that's 
already a bigger idea, but you're amplifying that idea or you're convening people around best practice sharing in a new change that's happening in your industry. So I absolutely do think it's possible to be a thought leader without coming up with something brand new, starting your own movement to change food in South Central, but instead to be taking, adopt, adopting and adapting and amplifying things that are already happening in your industry and making it smoother, making it easier, making sharing those best practices and ideas. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. So we can start kind of a small stage and get bigger if we want to, but it's okay to be a thought leader within a smaller community, so to speak, or a smaller stage. So tell me, um, what kind of, are there any characteristics, behaviors that you see in successful thought leaders that that are kind of common that, that we might want to adopt if we're thinking about trying to become more of a thought leader? Going back to some of the points we covered earlier, there are some things I've mentioned. So this idea about being in an ecosystem, part of it is to to raise your head up and engage with the ecosystem. Realize that you are not just working away at your to-do list, but imagine that you're part of something bigger that you're trying to make change. That, I think, is a, a common phenomenon for thought leaders is engaging with their ecosystem. Being someone who is willing to be curious, you know, learn lots of new things, maybe cross boundaries that aren't common to cross. I think of of thought leaders as being uh, curators of information. So if you're the expert or you're the thought leader in your niche, people expect that you have access to information or ideas that they don't have access. And they look to us as thought leaders in in whatever our particular niche is as the people who curate the best information. They make it more accessible. They uncomplexify it, to use one of Avinash's terms. (laughs) And I think that's really important. But then I also think that it is being willing to um, be, a, be a little vulnerable, be willing to say what you didn't do right, you didn't do perfectly. You know, I have to say I'm a failure and you know, throw your heart on, the, on your sleeve, but instead being willing to, to let down the armor of, of corporate speak and be real with people, be authentic and find a voice that people can trust. I think those are, is also a very critical component to being a thought leader, no matter if you're a speaker, writer, leader, convener, whatever role you want to play as a thought leader. This is fantastic, and, and we could go on and talk about this for hours, but I want to ask you one last question. Uh, if you're busy running your company, working in your, your day job, so to speak, um, what, what can you do to, to start to become discoverable, which, which is probably important for a, a thought leader, while you're still kind of doing all the things you have to keep doing and, and kind of keeping the ship running? Yeah, I actually think that discoverability is the key component. You know, I've been very much pushing as part of this book launch to get people to understand that this idea of being discoverable, which is partially about being Googleable, but partially about people knowing you and you being top of mind. If you're going to be a thought leader in some world, you need to speak up about what you know, whether that be on a call within your own company, whether that be through a Twitter feed, whether that be somebody who speaks at a conference, whether it be writing a book. There's, you have to make yourself known or just be a really good networker and be willing to speak up and amplify your own voice. This is a key component. You cannot be a thought leader and be invisible. You must have that discoverability factor. So I encourage people to start an email list, start a podcast like you've done, do the kinds of things, you know, create a great LinkedIn profile, whatever the ways are in which you could be more discoverable, and then claim your expertise, your seat at the table. Those are the key components that allow you to, be, to have that impact and be known as that thought leader. That's fantastic. I love it. Be Googleable. Um, that, that's a great way to put it. But, but you're right. We talked earlier about that you can't be out there by yourself without having friends and fans and followers. 
And and just as a follow through on that, no matter how how much you know, and I tell people this all the time, no matter how good you are, there's no music if you don't make it, if you don't get out there and tell people what it is that you've got to say. So that's fantastic. Great. Well, thank you. We've been talking here with Denise Brousseau, uh, who's the founder and CEO of Thought Leadership Lab and the author of the brand-new book um, called Ready to Be a Thought Leader. So thank you so much, Denise, for being here with us. Thank you, Linda. Great. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.